This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, it's good to have you guys here. My name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and we're in the last week of a series called Umbrella Ella Ella A A. <laughs> All right, this is the last time you have to hear that song and get it stuck in your head for the next however many weeks. All right, uh, this has been a really uh, strategically important series for us because it's really focused us on God's plan to lead us, not just in our relationship with him, but in relationships with other people that God has ordained authority and that through authority, he creates an umbrella in our lives and that we must live under that umbrella. Now, next week, we kick off a, a brand new series called All In. All right now, I don't know if you guys play poker, and I'm not. I'm not just, but you know that moment when you just say, "I'm not holding anything back. I'm going all in." That's what we're going to talk about for the next five weeks, and I'm really, honestly, very pleased to talk uh, and just kind of tell you today that I've got several of our overseers are coming in to preach throughout this series. This is the first time we've done this where we've had such an important series that we've brought some of our overseers in, but uh, Jonathan Pearson, who's one of the pastors at Cornerstone Community Church in Orangeburg, South Carolina, a very important church uh, regionally, and Pastor Dan Stahlbaum, who preached a few months ago, uh, actually just a few weeks ago, preached the, uh, the king always has one more move. Y'all remember that message? Uh, such an awesome message. Dan is coming back to close the series out. So I'm, I'm excited about what we kick off next week, but I really believe that today that those of you that came in struggling with something, that God has an important tool to give you today. So I want to start with the principle of the umbrella that we've kind of uh, really worked on for the last few weeks. This, that to get over what God has put under us, we must get under what God has put over us. And, and really, when we read that, it, it, we have to go to that that's, and just say, hey, there are things in life that God has destined you to have victory over. But there are many of us today that if we're quite honest, we're struggling. How many of y'all would say, there's something I'm struggling with right now? All right, there's just something I'm struggling. I'm wrestling with that. I'm struggling with it. How many of y'all would say it's your spouse? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. That'll get you in trouble today, won't it? All right? All right. See, I want to give you a few, a few keys that connect to that that I want you to see as we get started today is that the first thing that we need to know is that God wants to give you power and authority to overcome in this world. But the first thing that's in your notes today is that our power and authority is always connected to Jesus. It is always connected to Jesus. God is never going to make you a demigod. He's never going to give you his power, his authority, and say, go do whatever you want. As a matter of fact, our power is always distinctly connected to him. Look at this verse out of Ephesians. We're going to stay here in Ephesians 1 for this main section. Ephesians 1, 19 through 20. I also pray that you will 
understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us. God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in a place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. See, God's power is for you. And some of you need to be reminded this morning that God is for you. He is for you. And what he has done in this world, what he has created in his economy, the kingdom of God is for you. It is not against you. And the power of God that God has is designed to work for you. But I want you to see this very important caveat that we must understand about the power of God working. Is number two, that Jesus works inside of us to give us victory. See, most of us want God to work in our circumstances. Oh, God, would you please come fix my kids? How many of y'all would just love it if you'd get one week when your kids didn't complain about anything? Boy, I tell you what, I'd I'd give something. I ain't going to tell you what I give, right? Just to have that week. That'd be an awesome week. But, See, God doesn't want oftentimes to solve your circumstances. As a matter of fact, he wants to work in you. Look at what Romans 8 says about this power that raised Christ from the dead. Look at it. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. It lives in you. It is inside of you. It is working on the inside of you. And oftentimes, if we're honest... God does not often change our circumstances. He changes our perspective. Y'all ever been there before? God doesn't change other people. He uses other people to change us. And God wants to work in you. But see, to overcome, number three, we must get under the authority of Jesus. So continuing in Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, the Bible says, now he is far, now talking about Jesus, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things, all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. See, I want you to understand today, That ultimately, when we submit ourselves to leaders, we're submitting ourselves to the authority of Christ. And the Bible says that God has put all things under the authority of Jesus. All things under the authority of Jesus. And he has done that. Look at what that verse says. Put that back up there. Let's look at this verse. That he has done this for the benefit of the church. Do y'all realize you're the church? that all things exist under the authority of Jesus to benefit you. Can I tell you something? That sometimes Jesus will not use his authority to solve your circumstances, even though he could. Because he realizes that the greatest benefit would be that something inside of you would be solved. So today what I want to do is I want to talk about what does it mean to overcome? What does it mean to overcome? Because some of y'all got some stuff you just need to get over. Y'all realize that? You got some stuff that you just need to get over. 
You've been wrestling with it. You've been struggling with it. You've been carrying it along your whole life. And God's looking at you going, hey, I've already paid the price for your freedom. Can you just get over that? You ever seen somebody struggle from a distance? You love them and you know that they're going through it. And you're just like, this is so simple. You can, if you would just make these few changes in your life, you could get over. But see, when we're in the middle of it, sometimes it's so hard to see. So I'm going to give you one guiding principle, and I'm going to take you through seven things that we commonly struggle with today and show you that there is one principle that unites what it takes to overcome in every single area of our lives. The first thing that we're going to talk about today is your kids. How many of y'all need to overcome in your kids? Raise your hand. All right. <laughs> oh, got some of you. All right, we just need to overcome there. Let me, let me take you to a verse. I, I preached a message if, as we opened this series on being umbrella parents. If you're struggling with being a parent and, and really how do I, how do I live? What, what's the authority that God has given me in my kids' lives? Go back and listen to that message. But I'm going to take you to a verse I used in that. It's Exodus 20, verse 12. In, the, in, in this verse, this comes out of the Ten Commandments. And it says this, honor your father and mother, talking to the children, honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. I'm going to just point a few things out for the kids that are in the room. Number one, it said, does not say honor your father and mother because they're perfect. Okay, as a matter of fact, last week I shared that, that we don't honor and submit to authority because it is perfect. We honor and submit to it because God has given the person or that system authority in our lives, all right? That's why we submit, because God has given them authority, not because they're perfect, all right? There is no such thing as a perfect parent. No such thing, all right? The second thing that I want to point out out of that is that there's no time limit on that. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't say, honor, honor your father and mother while you're a kid, does it? Does it? And, and some of y'all got some parents that are ornery and old now. And it's hard to figure out, how do, I, how do I honor them? But let me just tell you, God never puts a cap on the limit there. But I do want to point out something that's so important about that verse. Is it creates a level of authority that parents have over their kids. And some of y'all are struggling with your kids. And the reason that you're struggling in your parenting of your children is that you're not over them. And truth, the kids are over you. If we were to step back and examine the mission and vision of your family, the mission and vision is whatever your kids want to do, whatever your kids want to accomplish, whatever whim they have, whatever dream they have, whatever desire they have. And in the truth, you are submitting your lives to them. Instead of them learning to submit to your leadership and honor you, because remember I told you, that the way that we teach our kids to follow, submit, and obey is really connected to the way that they will eventually follow, submit, and obey to the Lord. See, some of you need to get over your kids by taking the position of authority that God has given you in their lives. Not submitting your family to their every whim or desire. See, when we do that, actually what we're doing is we're taking on the role that Jesus designed for you to live in your family. And as I just mentioned, it's a redemptive role. See, when we get under his authority 
and we start living His way, we start to have victory because we start to align ourselves to the kind of life that He wants to live. See, we get under Him, and then we get over our kids. Number two in your notes is offense. Offense. How many of y'all have been offended this week? If you got on Facebook, you're probably offended, right? <laughs> it's just one of those weeks, right? Offense. Proverbs 19.11 says this. Look at this. It's so good. That good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. It is his glory. For the righteous man, it is his glory to overlook an offense. But see, when we're outside of the authority of Jesus, when we're offended, you know what we want? We want justice. We want justice. And can I tell you something? That actually in the Bible, the desire for justice is a holy and good thing. The Bible describes God as being holy and just. Okay? He is the source of all justice. So the desire for justice is not a bad thing, but how many of y'all realize you don't get what you deserve? How many of y'all know that? Especially in our relationship with God. See, when we get under the umbrella of Jesus, when we are under His authority, our desire for justice never eclipses our capacity to give grace. Y'all hear that? Our desire for justice will never eclipse our capacity to give grace. Because when we're under the authority of Jesus, we love like Jesus loves. We see the world the way that Jesus sees the world. Which really takes us to number three, drama. How many of y'all got some drama going on in your life right now? <laughs> I just want to, I want to get over that, right? I just don't want that. I'm tired of drama. I just wish that stuff wouldn't linger. Look at what 1 Peter says about the way that God loves us. Most important of all, look at this. Continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sin. Oh, that's a good thing right there. That's a good thing to know today. That when we love the right way, love covers a multitude of sin. And we see that in our relationship with Jesus, right? We get under the authority of Jesus and we experience the redemption and freedom and forgiveness that comes from living under his umbrella. And all of a sudden we see that God doesn't love me because I'm perfect. As a matter of fact, God doesn't even often make my imperfections a big deal. He loves me because He wants to love me. He's made a decision to love me. And He gives me lots and lots and lots of grace. See, all of you are going to face situations in life that could turn into drama. And when you approach them, you have two buckets in each hand. One bucket is judgment. And one bucket is grace. One bucket is gasoline. And one bucket is water. And see, I can tell you this. When we live under the authority and the umbrella of Jesus, our relationship with Jesus forces us to love other people the way that he loves us. 
with lots and lots and lots of grace. And so when there are those moments that could be inflamed, we, we douse it with grace. We douse it with grace. Because, see, when we live under the authority of Jesus, living under the authority. There's some of y'all that need to get over the drama that's playing out in your life. And the circumstances aren't going to change, but what's in here needs to change. Number four, some of y'all need to get over yourself. (laughs) Oh, that one hurts. That one hurts, doesn't it? And it's true. It's true. How many of y'all get so, like someone says something that's remotely close to being offensive and all of a sudden you're just like, I hate you, right? Don't even talk to me anymore. We're not friends now. Because we take ourselves so seriously. But look at what John the Baptist said in John 3.30. John the Baptist is one of the most significant characters in the New Testament. His ministry, from archaeological evidence, we know that he had baptized people all the way around the Mediterranean Sea, into Greece, all the way around into Africa, into Ethiopia. That he had ministered to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And when Jesus showed up on the scene, John the Baptist said this, He must become great and I must become less. You know why he could say that? Because he was living under the authority of Jesus. He was living under the authority of God. And so when he started to see what God was doing in the world, he recognized that as significant as my ministry has been, it will never be what he can be because he is God and man. He is the one that's going to untie all of the mess that we've made and give us a shot at getting to God. He must become greater. And see, some of us, we need to get over ourselves. See, when we live under the authority of Jesus, y'all listen to this, we allow him to define the image that we have of ourselves. And in some of you, it's not that you think too much of yourself It's that you think too little. It's that when you define who you are, who you can be, you always downplay the person that God could use you to be. You don't see and you try to reject the the capacity that God has buried inside of you. For some of you, it's because of life circumstances. For some of you, it's just a decision that you're making out of fear. Of, I don't want to actually take the risk of stepping out. See, both sides of that, both sides of that are the same thing. When we think too much or too little of ourselves, it's actually pride. So that's the next thing in your notes. Number five, we need to get over pride. We need to get over pride. So I think it's so important to understand that pride literally looks at God and says, God, I realize that you have a plan, but oh well. <laughs> I'm going to do it my own way. I know you created all this. That makes sense to me. I believe in you, but you know, I know you want me to forgive my enemies. I see that in the Bible right here, but you know what? I'm really good at holding a grudge, so I'm going to keep doing that. I love that. I love being able to talk smack about that person still. So could I just do that for a few more months? Right. 
God, I, I know that you have a plan for our finances, but nah, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. This is all my money, God. I mean, I realize, I realize you probably give it all to us, and if I don't do it, you're going to ask me to do. You probably take some of it away. But all right, but you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. That's, that's pride. And look at what the Bible says in James 4 about pride. God, this is so important. I really want you to see this about getting under the authority of Jesus, being willing, being that person that says, God, I surrender all, everything, everything and nothing less for you. God is passionate. Look at this. This is, this is the verse that comes before what I, but God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. Let me just stop there, Okay. Before we get to the other verse that really talks about pride. God is saying here that he has started something inside of you. And he is passionate about making sure that that thing that he began is going to get to the place that he wants it to end. The Bible would in another place say that he is faithful to begin a good work and then to complete it. Okay? That what he has started, he wants to finish. So look at this. And he gives grace generously. I love that caveat because it reminds me that along the way, I'm probably going to blow it a thousand times. I'm not going to get it right, but he's still going to continue. Come on. Come on. For as the scriptures say, look at this. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. See, pride actually is an attitude in our heart that sets us up to say, God, nope, get away. And God goes, not only am I going to get away, but all of a sudden, if you're going to have pride, you're my enemy. He will oppose you when you have pride. Do you see that? See, when we get under the authority of Jesus, it is a submissive, willful act of, of humility. Look at this. Humility, that humility is a submissive act that invites the grace of God into our lives. When we get under the authority of Jesus and we say, God, I don't care, everything and nothing less. I'm holding nothing back from you. I want to get under your authority. That submissive, Willful act invites the grace of God into our lives. But when we reject him with pride, it actually forces God's hand to oppose us because that which he started inside of you, he wants to see it finish. And he knows some of y'all, you ain't going to learn without getting your butt kicked. And he'll kick your butt. All right. He will oppose you. See, some of us need to get over pride. Some of us also need to, the next thing you know, need to get over other people's opinions. Other people's opinions. Galatians 1.10, look at this. This is the Apostle Paul, I think the champion of this verse. Look at this. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Now, I'm just going to stop there. There's some of y'all that if we're going to be honest, the highest thing that you're submitting yourself to is pleasing other people. 
And I want you to see today that there's no way that you can get over that without being fully submitted to Jesus. Other people's opinions will rob you of being focused on the one opinion that really does matter. And that's Jesus. See, living under the authority of Jesus does something. This is so important. Look at this. That it frees us from the opinions of others. It frees us from the opinions of others. Can I just... Can I just help some of y'all? Some of y'all are really contemplating doing some things with your life that are significant. And along the way, I can tell you that it doesn't matter what you do, people are going to criticize you. All right? There are some people that love you, that you think, man, they are close family, close friends, that along the way, they're going to criticize you. If you don't get it set in your heart that the only opinion that matters to me is Jesus, you will never be able to fully submit yourself to him. That's what the Apostle Paul says there in Galatians 1. He said, I can't please people. As a matter of fact, if I were going to do that, I could not be a servant of Christ. Because when we get under the authority of God, all of a sudden, His opinions become the things that matter. And lastly, really the most important thing that God wants us to get over is temptation and sin. Temptation and sin. I'm going to talk about those two individually, okay? And I want you to see something about temptation. Because some of y'all have been experiencing temptation that has forced you over and over and over and over again to cave. All right? But I want you to see what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10. It says, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more then you can stand. So when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Now, I want you to understand that there's a great deal of the Bible that's not talking to all of us. This is one of those verses. Because the, this verse is talking to somebody who's made the decision to get under the authority of God. Like, God, I'm going to get under your umbrella. And you know what God says? If you'll get under my umbrella, then I promise you there is no temptation that's going to come your way that can throw you off. I will always, I will never let you endure more than you can take. I will always provide you a way out. But there are many of us in areas of our lives that we're not living under the authority of God. And the temptation becomes overwhelming because we have not aligned ourselves to live under his umbrella. He's not shielding us. He's not protecting us. And he's not able to keep you from temptation because you have taken away his authority in your life. See, the authority of God in our life is not just meant to handicap us and keep us from doing things. It's meant to give us victory. Look at what 1 Corinthians 15 says in verse 57. Thank God he gives us victory over sin and death. Through what? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. We get victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. You do not get victory through your perfection. 
You do not get victory as you earn it. You do not get victory by your good works. You get victory through Jesus Christ. And I don't know if you see this today. But in everything that we've talked about, the principle is real simple. If I get under the authority of God, it puts me over the things that he has put under me. If I get under the authority of God, he puts me over the things that he designed for me to live over. But there are many of you right now that are struggling. I want you to think about that right now. What are you struggling with? Is it a person? Is it a relationship? Is it something to do with your job? What are you struggling with right now? Where right now in your life do you think I'm living in defeat? I was reminded of a story this week. It's really the story of the Battle of Waterloo. In the 18th century, the great French uh, commander, Napoleon, was dominating Europe, conquering land, conquering land. And the 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 forces of Great Britain, which, which owned a lot of land around the world at that time, not just in, in England, were quite scared of Napoleon. And so they invaded to attack at the Battle of Waterloo under the command of their great General Wellington. It was one of those odd scenes. It would be like today, where like we planned a war, and we had people who came out to look at it, Right? Like, you remember back in the Gulf War and some of the conflicts since where they sent reporters in, they're like showing you live feeds of what's going on. You're like, how did y'all do this? This is weird. But it happened even back then. And England was very concerned about this battle because they felt if Napoleon can win this battle, then we're the next step. He's going to invade England. And so as the battle went on, the weather in the day got worse and worse and worse. And England had set up a, a series of relays of flags to relay messages about the battle. And somewhere late in the day, the message came in as it was relayed Wellington defeated. And in that moment in London, a panic broke out as they thought that Napoleon had defeated the forces of Great Britain, that we're the next stop. He's going to invade England. We're going to be taken over by the French. They're going to dominate us, kill us, slaughter us. And all night, there was mourning, there was crying, there was fear. But in the morning, when the skies cleared, the message was relayed again. Wellington defeated the enemy. See, I think that some of you, you're living right now in your life in what you think is defeat. Because the circumstances around you, they scream to you, defeat, you're failing, you're not good enough, you haven't made it. But I want you to understand today that even in the midst of those dark moments, Jesus has defeated the enemy. And though you may not see victory right now, if you will get under the authority of Jesus, he will put you over what he designed you to have victory in in this life. Let's pray. God, we just thank you today that you are a good and loving and caring God. And so...
God, as we submit ourselves to you right now, we just ask you to come. God, come and, and speak to our hearts and our lives. God, we ask you to come and, and allow us to see the freedom that you have so purchased for us. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you today, are you that person? Are you the person that's here today and you know that you've struggled to get over temptation and sin? And today, right now, in this moment, you know that God wants you to fully submit your life to Him so that you can overcome. Some of you have been struggling and struggling and struggling. And you keep saying, I don't know why, I don't know how. But right now, in this moment, it all connects. And you can tell that God wants you to get under His authority. So if you're here today and you want to make that decision, raise your hand right now. Awesome, I see that hand. I see that hand in the back. Who else today? I'm tired of running. I'm tired of struggling. I want to give my life to Jesus completely today. I see that hand. Who else today? Now let me ask you another question today. Maybe it's not an issue of whether you have given your life to Jesus, but there's an area that you've been struggling in. And today, like you really want to say, God, I'm tired of struggling. I'm going to give it completely to you. Raise your hand if that's you. Lots of hands up. Awesome. So God, we just come before you today and we submit our lives to you. And we ask you, please, as we humbly give ourselves to you, don't leave us alone. God, lead us and guide us and use this moment to change the world through us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.